Dateline, 8th of January, 2012. It's truth is it 2012 already, Grant. G'day, folks, yeah. and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 180 of the Airplane Geek Show. Boy, Grant, uh, even though we were on last week's show live, uh, this is the first Ausdesk of the year, and uh, boy, it seems so long since we did the last one. I know. It seems like ages since we did that one back before Christmas, but, uh, you know, we had to come off the beach eventually and put on the aloe vera to get rid of the sunburn and everything, but uh, yeah, no, it's all good. Back in the office. Life goes on. 2012. I'll tell you what, it's actually been a pretty quiet period for news down in this part of the world over the last few weeks, but uh, one story that grabbed our interest surrounded Qantas A380s. There's been a few stories around about them. Uh, first off, Grant, A380 number 12 for Qantas has arrived, and uh, it's been named the Phyllis Arnott. That's right. She was the first lady in Australia to get a commercial pilot's license, and she's been uh, her memory has been honoured with the uh, naming on that 12th A380, so great to have it arriving. It's uh, apparently going to get uh, a bit of use pretty soon going up to Hong Kong. The, uh, Qantas, as we reported last year, are going to be putting the, uh, their A380s onto the um, Sydney-Hong Kong route. It's always good to see more A380s flying down here and uh, we're going to see more of them here in Melbourne as well, mate, because apparently Emirates are about to start flying their A380s to Melbourne. So we'll be getting uh, Qantas, Singapore and Emirates A380s flying into Melbourne. I've heard a lot of people talking about A380s being <coughs> fugly and so on. But, you know, I think it's not a bad looking aircraft. Uh, I've seen much worse still actually managing to fly. I've seen worse aircraft. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I marvel at the engineering. I mean, even in these modern times, the engineering that goes into making such a complex machine and uh, to get it up in the air like it does. And the same with uh, with really any commercial jet, but the A380 in particular just uh, just staggers me at the engineering. It's fantastic. But I'll tell you what, uh, some of the engineers uh, that work on the A380 are going to have their work cut out for them, Grant. Uh, there's been a story going around this week about uh, cracks, fatigue cracks, in several A380s around the world, uh, including one of the Qantas fleet. Yes, it was first discovered on the um, first Qantas A380, the famous one that had the uh, engine disintegration over Indonesia and is still in Singapore being repaired over a year later. Uh, It's due to be flying again soon this year, but uh, they found some um, cracks, some small cracks, I believe about up to one centimetre long in the wing rib, wing skin join area. So uh, I'm believe they were unexpected. They were a bit of a surprise. At first it was thought they were uh, associated with the damage, but then they found them on a few inspections of other A380s with Singapore Airlines, and I believe one or two Qantas ones may have been found. Now, some groups are trying to make out that this, the sky is falling, or at least the A380s will be. Others are saying, no, that's absolutely nothing. Who cares? Uh, we've been dealing with cracks and fatigue and metal for structures for a very long time. My only concern about it is uh, these aircraft aren't very long into their fatigue cycle, and the cracks are coming up. Was this a surprise? Were they unexpectedly discovered, um, which is what the indications are, and what's the implications for ongoing? Um, is it getting more stress than they expected and they discovered during flight tests. Yeah, now, of course, uh, you know, I don't pretend to be any sort of engineer, so I'm not going to comment too much on it. It, uh, As you say, Grant, it does seem a little bit early into their life cycle for this sort of thing. But, uh, of course, uh, we pre-record this segment and I'm sure that uh, Max and the crew are uh, are covering this issue or have probably done so before this segment went to air. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. We're hoping to get an engineer onto our show over the next few weeks that uh, that might be able to talk about it. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to cut that down and put it in this segment. Uh, Grant, uh, another story that's popped up here for 
Qantas talks about their pilots now. Of course, uh, their pilots have been in uh, negotiations over uh, job security primarily for uh, quite a long time. We've reported extensively on that last year. This report here in Australian Aviation Magazine talks about uh, many Qantas pilots leaving and heading over to the Gulf. That's right. Uh, well before all the uh, industrial problems kicked in, uh, it was reported that Qantas were allowing unpaid leave of absence to a number of their pilots that would allow them to go. And we're actually even recommending that they go and fly with the Gulf-based carriers such as Emirates, Etihad and Qatar. And we raised a few eyebrows, uh, you know, what kind of airline lets their pilots go off and do this when, you know, what's this indicating? And of course, we're seeing the results where they're downsizing a lot of uh, fleet requirements and international routes, moving them to Jetstar. So yeah, indications are that about 150 Qantas pilots have taken that unpaid leave and may never come back. Yeah, reports that we've had uh, from speaking to many people involved in that uh, dispute over the last 12 months have told us that uh, a lot of Qantas pilots, particularly international pilots, seem to get a lot of downtime. They're not getting a lot of flight hours and uh, you're taking a lot of uh, unpaid leave and all this sort of thing. So, I mean, these guys have to go and find work to support their families, so you can't blame them for doing that. Um, you know, and I guess really that's probably playing right into uh, Qantas's hands. It's probably, sadly, from an employment standpoint, just exactly what their management wants to see happen. But uh, Grant, there you mentioned about a lot of routes being shunted off to Jetstar. Uh, we note here from another another article in Australian Aviation Magazine that uh, Jetstar has announced it's going to add 28,000 extra seats onto its international holiday routes, including uh, Honolulu, Bali and Thailand. Yeah, that's right, mate. And uh, a lot of those routes are being flown by those A330s that were moved over to Jetstar from Qantas. Of course, when the A330s went from Qantas across to Jetstar, those Qantas pilots weren't able to continue flying them because they weren't through Jetstar. They weren't on those rates. And that's one of the reasons why there's been a lot of uh, international pilots who aren't getting as much flying as they used to, thus more incentive to head off to those other carriers. Now, moving across to uh, New Zealand, and uh, there's some very, very sad news that's come out of New Zealand over the last 24 hours as we record this concerning a hot air balloon uh, that's uh, crashed over there, apparently after hitting power lines. And uh, sadly, there's been 11 people that have lost their lives here. This from uh, Al Jazeera News. The early morning joyride that ended in tragedy. Ten passengers and the pilot plummeted to their death after the hot air balloon's basket caught fire. It's believed it hit a power line. The whole basket started to go go up in flames. I I could see two people, perhaps. I I couldn't see anyone anyone else. I was pretty shocked when I heard it was 11, but... um, And then after that, I got to the corner and I I saw... um, it must have been released, either burnt through the, the line or, or the line got released off the basket. And it, um, it, it went straight up in the air and the flames just engulfed the whole balloon and, and then just it crashed to the ground. It's unclear how the balloon came to hit the power line. Weather conditions were perfect. The pilot was one of the country's most experienced. It appears that there were five couples on board along with the pilot and those couples are from the greater Wellington region. Just horrible, tragic and very, very sad news, Grant. And I know uh, you're from New Zealand originally. I know you'd be familiar with that area, I'm sure, and uh, just tragic news. Oh, definitely, mate. It's it's, uh, it's a real, real nasty crash. Um, very tragic. We're all very saddened by it. And uh, it is being investigated by the Kiwi authorities. So we're looking to see what comes out as part of the findings. And you know, naturally, balloonists all around the world are going to be looking to see um, if any the learnings from this accident can be used to enhance our own safety. This is 
a tragic accident and um, you know we're all shocked at what's happened and we're waiting to see what uh, comes out yeah and I tell you what Grant uh, to the poor old Kiwis they've they've had a really tough time over the last 12 months uh, with earthquakes we know we've had some uh, some more earthquakes uh, over the last couple of weeks there and uh, this this news right on the top of all of that uh, boy it's uh, tough times over there our hearts go out to our friends over there across the Tasman in the shaky Isles, and uh, boy we hope that uh, things get better for them this year yeah mate it's a bit of a sad way to wind up our first report for the year but um, you know, onwards to the rest of the year and uh, let's see what it brings. Hopefully uh, better news in the future. Absolutely. We'll look for a more upbeat report next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm still Grant McCarran, even in 2012. Cheers, folks.